Hello, and welcome back to the Research Conversation edition of Change Starts Here. I'm Jennifer Chevalier, and I'm joined by Eve Miller and Kim Yaris. In our latest episode, we discussed adaptability and the five steps leaders can take to help their organization and people become more adaptable. Yeah, so today we are thinking about another topic, critical thinking. And so I was thinking that to kick this conversation off, we could play a little game of word association. So here's my question, ladies. When I say critical thinking, what word or words come to your mind first? Uh, For me, like database decision-making, problem solving. Yeah, well, and even knowing where we're going, um, <laughs> the the word that comes to my head is analyze. Yeah, yeah. That's what I think about first when I hear critical thinking. You know, no surprise. Those were the words that were coming to my head too. Um, and so without a doubt, those skills are really important when it comes to a person's ability to think critically. Um, but... Those are the skills that most people are inclined to call to mind. Um, I think for this conversation, it would be more interesting to talk about some of the other skills that affect one's ability to think critically. Mm, I'm listening. So in the spirit of critical thinking, Instead of me telling you, let's see if we can figure it out. So um, just before we hopped on this, uh, hopped on to record this podcast, I sent you both a short little transcript. I hope you got it about a conversation between two sports fans, Chris and Pat. Um, Eve, you'll be Chris and Jen, you can be Pat. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's what we're doing with this. Okay. All right. Um, oh, it looks like uh, Chris, who is me, um, I lead out. Oh, I can't wait. Okay. I get into the zone. All right. Oh, hey. <laughs> hey, Pat. Did you see the game last night? What's oh, yes, I did. I couldn't believe it when Barzal scored that goal. Barzal? Goal? You don't know what I'm talking. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about last night's game. It was pretty epic. There are no game goals in football, and I've never even heard of Barzal. Football? That's for Taylor Swift fans. I'm talking about hockey, the best game ever invented. Hockey? Get out of here. Hockey is lame, and so are you. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, all, right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, but I can see that this is no longer a safe environment. However, so the point was, a conversation like this is pretty familiar to most adults. You know, some at some point, somewhere, we have heard some variation of this, and not to be judgy, but. <laughs> It goes without saying, not an exemplar of critical thought, right? Um, In fact, quite the opposite. However, it's what's missing from this conversation that can help inform our understanding of what's foundational to developing critical thinking. Made you curious yet? 
Um, yes, yes, I am definitely interested. I definitely want to hear about this connection between whatever we were doing there and critical thinking. Well, yeah, let's hear it. All right. So in the spirit of uh, thinking critically, what would you say was missing from this conversation? Acting skills. Oh, um, <laughs> speak for yourself. Uh, no, fair enough. Fair enough. I was just speaking for me. Um, I would say uh, probably respect. Like, um, I might I might be old for being Swifty, but I'm a Swifty, and uh, that's not why I like football. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Apparently, I struck a nerve in that role play, Eve, to avoid an onslaught of hate mail from Swifties and NFL fans across the country. I am actually a lifetime NFL fan, and I have no ill will against Taylor Swift. I wish I could pull off that red lipstick she oh, wears. So gorgeous. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Back I mean, to your question, Kim. Curiosity was lacking from the conversation. Eve's character totally dismissed Pat's passion for hockey. And since my character didn't have the same point of view as Eve's character, they really had nothing to say to each other. The conversation just ended abruptly with bad feelings between the two. Ah, interesting. You should tap into that. So according to a recent study put out by the Reboot Foundation, which studies critical thinking, only 25% of people are willing to regularly have debates with people who disagree with them. Whoa. I know, right? So <laughs> let's dig into that a little bit. So are Pat and Chris from the role play part of the 75% of the people unwilling to have a debate? I think Pat and Chris think they had a debate, huh? but what they really <laughs> had was an argument. Like a debate considers the other people's viewpoints and perspectives, mm. and that's not what happened. Ding, 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 ding. In fact, that is the hallmark of a great critical thinker. Being able to look at counter arguments and examine other viewpoints. That, okay. I see how you brought this all back. I think I was, I was in that little situation for a little bit too long. I am here now. And I think this is fascinating because what, I mean, like what you just said, Jennifer, it's like, light bulb for me you're right like that wasn't like hearing out the other person and it does feel like this we see this a lot in our culture um and it hurts my heart some a lot where people have strong opinions and they and and they share them and when they do it stirs up this emotional response which more times than not shuts down the dialogue yep yep Okay, so you just hit upon right where we are heading. Um, one of the least often talked about skills needed to think critically is emotion regulation. I mean, this is fascinating to me because, I mean, at the top of this um, podcast episode, I said analyze, right, as what I think of with critical thinking. So as I've learned more about what underlies critical thinking, I see emotion regulation come up time and time again, and I don't think we talk about it enough. So here's how I understand the role that emotion regulation plays in critical thinking. So first off, it enables individuals to manage emotional responses. There's something about that we connect to our identity, especially when we have strong views about something 
you know, it, it makes us feel like almost attacked if we're not approaching it in the, the right way. Or if the culture says we don't have to hear people out, right? Like we can feel like, oh, we need to come back at them. They're wrong. I'm right. And so it, you know, there's this like clear objective um, perspective necessary in analytical reasoning, right? Like when we are thinking critically, the idea of that is we are considering all of our options but really, when we are getting so caught up in the emotional response of one right way, there's no way that we're opening ourselves up to just growth in that idea or that others could have a perspective that is also reasonable that we should consider when doing good critical thinking. You know, effective emotion regulation helps in reducing cognitive biases and enhancing the ability to evaluate evidence and arguments logically and making reasoned decisions under emotional stress as well. So we all know like the workload of teachers, the stress that teachers feel, the educational leaders feel like having that ability to manage your emotions, that's critical for critical thinking in all of these different ways. So are you saying that Chris and Pat were like more emotional and not so much logical? <laughs> Which one was I? Because I was the more logical one. I mean, whoever I was, was the more logical Lame. One. That's not logical. I don't think I'm learning a lot from this conversation. I'm very sorry. <laughs> all right. I hear what you're saying though about emotional regulation. And, um, when we pause in a discussion to recognize that we bring emotions and biases to a conversation, it helps to us to consider whether our thoughts are backed by credible evidence <laughs> um, or, or whether we're being driven by how we feel. So it's just kind of taking a moment in a conversation, pause, and just think, is there evidence or is I, am I just being emotional? That's really important for us to think about. And it's making me um, think of something else that people really need to develop in order to strengthen their ability to think critically. And that's the notion of intellectual humility. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I definitely feel like Pat, your character seems to lack that. <laughs> Jennifer, yeah. Being willing and able to hear another's point of view to take in and consider beliefs that may be contrary to our own prevents us from jumping to impulsive responses. You know, there's that term like, would you rather be right or would you rather be in a relationship? <laughs> oh, I don't know if this is safe anymore. All right. All right. I totally hear what you're saying, Jen. Um, for example, when Chris said football was better than hockey, Pat could have responded with curiosity and ask questions rather than responding by throwing shade, right? Absolutely, so true. And I just wanna I just wanna add here, when you said intellectual humility, I know I've been giving you, you know, you know, or pat a little bit of a razz here, but um, I will say that idea of intellectual humility, that was, you know, jumping out in my head of why aren't, why do we silo ourselves beyond emotional regulation? You totally nailed it. So, you know, I think, we're just not open to realizing people have views that are very legitimate and they're, they might be well-reasoned to them as well. So having that humility to see someone else's side, I think that's really powerful. So there you go. 
All right. So aside from regulating our emotions and demonstrating some intellectual hum humility, um, are there other things that Chris and Pat could have done to enhance their critical thinking about football and hockey? Um, I noticed in that role play that neither of us was really actively listening to the other. Um, if we're listening with the intention of responding or so we can defend our own point of view, it's hard to consider new information or opposing viewpoints. So what if we listen with the intention of learning? Like, I think this shift in the purpose for listening and responding to learning is foundational to critical thinking. Oh, yeah, I love that. I love that idea. And I just, I'm so glad we're having this conversation because when I was thinking about, you know, the episodes that we were doing this season, I thought about critical thinking. I never thought that it would go here. And yet this, that's why this is just fascinating to me. And I think that this matters so much for us to be having this conversation is because these things, the way that, you know, it's just kind of accepted to have these like very polarized views and, you know, active listening, all these great things coming up it is foundational, right? And it sheds light on these parts of critical thinking that people, but myself included, definitely often don't think about. Like we said at the beginning of this podcast, those executive functions like problem solving and cognitive flexibility are usually what come to mind when we think about critical thinking. And those are really important, definitely. However, but we cover those, right? However, and these other skills that we just talked about, the ability to regulate emotions, intellectual humility, active listening, these things also play a crucial role and we don't talk about them as much. Yep. We're just like talking about how we need to shift the camera ever so slightly so that, you know, we can start to think about how we enhance those things because if we aren't focused on intellectual humility and all those things that are coming up here today, we don't think critically, emotion regulation. So let's reflect on what our listeners can do to help strengthen these underlying skills so that students can become highly skilled critical thinkers. All right, so Eve, you got any suggestions for a simple way that teachers could work with students to help them to regulate their emotions so that they are having more critical conversations? Yeah, I want to take it back to something we just briefly touched upon, um, that intentionality behind pausing before we respond. Um, but teaching students to do this is a powerful way to help them check in with their emotions. Um, so just encouraging that pause so they can choose a response in the process of building other aspects of emotion regulation, um, like having an emotions vocabulary, right? So this moment of pause though, it can mean the difference between talking over someone and really having a productive conversation that fosters critical thinking. So like, it's an important piece for group work. It's an important piece for, you know, that classroom environment, that school-wide environment, just that small piece of emotion regulation. Yep, yep. I can definitely see that. Um, what about Jen? practicing intellectual humility. Do you have any ideas for what we could do to help develop that in students? 
I really think there needs to be a paradigm shift where we value differences almost as a way to grow our intellectual humility. If we approach differences with curiosity and not judgment, then we show others that we value their thinking. I think sometimes we hold on to our original belief even when we hear someone else's opinions, but sometimes we may change our minds. And I think the ability to change our minds in those times when we're presented with new information is really the essence of intellectual humility. Mm, yeah. I love that. I love the way you said that. Um, we have left um, also active listening. So Jennifer and I have both covered one. Kim, how about active listening? What do you think about like what we can do to build that? I think that active listening requires intentionality. And, you know, so like what, whatever we can do to be intentional. So for example, if I'm actively listening to you, I might repeat the last few words that I heard you say, just kind of as kind of a cue to myself, not to be impulsive, um, you know, so, um, you know, and to also remind myself just to pay attention. I mean, that's a simple thing that we can teach students, um, you know, and another kind of like side benefit is it of it is that um, it helps other people feel like they're being heard, that they're being listened to. And if you've, you're feeling like you're being listened to, you're also feeling good about the conversation, um, which will make you want to bring your best self, I think, too, to the conversation. Mm, yeah, nice. All right, so to recap, today we discussed foundational skills for critical thinking, which were emotion regulation, intellectual humility, and active listening. Um, ladies, I think for our future episodes, we should always have some kind of role play. That was really fun. <laughs> um, in, our, in our next episode, we're going to discuss metacognition. Thanks so much for joining us today and be sure to like and subscribe to Change Starts Here so you know when our metacognition episode drops. Take care.